We'll see we are continuing today in our Mishnah Yomi. Actually, this is Shabbos' assignment. We'll be learning Perek Dalin Mishnah is Hey through Vav. Mishnah is 5 through 6. So Mishnah Hey says as follows. Remember again, in the last Mishnah, we learned about the concept that there were certain families who pledged wood to the Beis HaMikdash. So the Mishnah says, Zman Kohanim Va'am Tisha. The time the time that the families would go ahead and bring wood. Remember, they would pledge wood to the base HaMikdash, so they would bring it at nine different intervals throughout the year. And there were different families assigned to these nine different times. For example, Be'echad ben Nisan, and the first of Nisan, Bene Arach ben Yehuda. The first of Nisan was the sons of Arach ben Yehuda. Be'eshim Tammuz, the 20th of Tammuz, Bene David ben Yehuda. The sons of David, the son of Yehuda. Again, when they say Ben Yehuda, by the way, they mean the Shevet, the tribe of Yehuda, Bechamisha Ba'av, ultimately on the 5th of Av, B'nai Parosh Ben Yehuda. Good. B'shivabo, on the 7th of Av, B'nai Yonadav Ben Rechav, the sons of Yonadav Ben Rechav. B'asarabo, on the 10th of Av, B'nai Sina'a Ben Binyamin, the sons of Sina'a Ben Binyamin, from the tribe of Binyamin. Bechamisha Sarabo, on the 15th of Av, B'nai Zasu ben Yehuda. Once again, the sons of Zasu from the tribe of Yehuda. V'imahem, Kohanim, Ulevim, V'chomishata b'shvato. And again, together with the sons of Zasu from the tribe of Yehuda, along came with them also Kohanim, Levim, and anyone else who was unsure about their tribal affiliation. Furthermore, listen to this. He says, U'bnei Gonvei Eli, those who went ahead and literally stole a pestle. Right, so a pestle referring to, you know, you have a mortar and a pestle. So those, so literally, gonve gonve means those who steal pestles, right? And and bene sorry, bene gonve and the sons of the sons of the fig cutters. So the Gemara explains what was, what does this mean that the pestle, the pestle thieves, and the fig cutters. So the Gemara describes that there are times of persecution where the Jews were prohibited from bring, bringing bikurim, from going ahead and bringing the first fruits to Yerushalayim. So amazingly enough, there was a family. There was a family, and the Mishnah doesn't give us their name, but there was a family who smuggled in Bikurim, who smuggled in first fruits by putting it under a layer of figs. And what they did is they brought the figs together with a pestle. And when they were stopped by the Gentile guards, they told the guards that they were coming to press the figs. And so they let them through. And only once that they got to Yerushalayim did they go ahead and uncover the figs and reveal the Bikurim, the first fruits. Similarly, during, so those, those are the, that's what the Mishnah identifies as Benegon Ve'eli, the son of the, the sons of the pestle thieves. And then the other group, Bnei Kotzeiktios, a similar type of story, a story, a similar type of story, um, is again the truth is they're, they're both really the same, the same basic ideas, right? Bnei I'm sorry, I should say it differently. Bnei Gon Ve'eli or Bnei are really the same group of people, same group of individuals. So again, they were called the pestle thieves. And the children, the descendants of the dried fig cutters, because again, they had smuggled in Bikurim underneath the layer of dried figs. Then Mishnah goes on the Esrimbo on the 20th of that month, continuing on the rotation, B'nai Pachas Moab ben Yehuda, the sons of Pachas Moab, the son of Yehuda, the Esrimbo, the 20th of Elul, B'nai Adin ben Yehuda, the sons of Adin from the tribe of Yehuda, Be'echad B'teves, Shavu B'nai Paroshnia, and on the first of Teves, the sons of Parush. 
right, came back and once again took another shift. They, they, they brought wood twice a year. On the first of Teves, there wasn't a Ma'amot, like we've described in past Mishnayis. And the reason for that is because the first of Teves is during Chanukah. So as you already saw in previous Mishnayis, that whenever a Ma'amot fell out on a Yom Tiv, they would not have the normal Ma'amot service. the carbon Musaf, the carbon Eitzim. Because ultimately, again, on that day, there would be Halal, the carbon Musaf, because it's Rosh Chodesh, and ultimately, again, a carbon atom. So as a result of that, the entire Ma'amad service for the day would have been pushed off. So really just an incredible idea. Just, you know, just, just to kind of bolster this idea, the Gemara over here explains that when the Jews went ahead and came back, this is after... <coughs> excuse me. After the destruction of the first temple, and they're coming back to rebuild the second temple. <coughs> Sorry. They came back to the base of Mikdash, they came back to Yushalayim, and they saw that there was no wood. And of course, temple service requires an ample supply of wood for Karbonos, for the Ishtamid. So these families stepped up. And because these families stepped up, first of all, they are forever memorialized inside of the Mishnah. And these dates in which they would bring, in which they would go ahead and bring the wood was really considered to be a yamtiv. I'll also just make one other observation about this, how it's really very interesting, these B'nai Gonve Eili and these B'nai Kotze Ketsios, these pestle thieves, right, the children of the pestle thieves and the, the children of the, uh, you know, fig cutters. It is fascinating also to see how, although the Mishnah names every other family by name, the Mishnah doesn't name these families. Isn't that quite interesting? The Mishnah does not identify who they are, which also teaches us an incredible lesson, that the most important thing in life is not who you are. I should say, it's not your name. The most important thing in life is what you do. That to a certain degree, the Mishnah could have given us their names, but more important than their surname, more important than their father, more important than their tribal affiliation was what they were able to accomplish. Really an incredible yisod. So the Mishnah goes on. We're now up to Mishnah Vod. Mishnah says, Chamisha Devarim Eros the Mishnah says that there are five things that happened to our forefathers on the 17th of Tammuz. The Chamisha B'Tishabav. And another five things that occurred on Tishabav. And what are they? B'Shevasar B'Tammuz, Nishtabru HaLuchos. On the 17th of Tammuz, so the Luchos were broken. Ubatal HaTamid. And the Tamid, the Tamid ceased. Right? The daily offering ceased. The Havka'ir, the walls of Yerushalayim were breached. The Saraf Afostomos Esatora. And Afostomos... Aphostomos burnt the Torah, public, a public desecration. And he also went ahead, and this is during the Second Temple era. So Aphostomos, was a, who was a Roman general, a Greek general, Roman general, so he burnt the Torah publicly, and he put up an idol inside of the Beis HaMikdash. So these are, these are the five, these, excuse me, these are the seven things, excuse me, these are the five things which occurred on the 17th of Tammuz. What are the events that occurred on Tishabov? But Tishabov First of all, number one, the Miraglim, the sin of the spies. It was on Tishabov that Hashem decreed that we will not enter into the land of Israel. The Kharaf Habayis Barishona Ubashnia, and the first base Hamikdash and the second base Hamikdash were both destroyed. The Nilkada Beitar, the city of Beitar, which was the last stronghold of the Bar Kochva rebellion, in the aftermath of the destruction of the second base Hamikdash, fell on the ninth of Av. And Yerushalayim Yerakodesh was plowed over. Not only was the base of Mikdash destroyed, but the city itself was plowed over. And therefore the Mishnah ends off by saying, When the month of Av enters, we diminish our displays of joy. We will stop over here for today. Looking forward to continuing next week.
week in our Limud Hamishnayis and wishing everyone a wonderful day and a good Shabbos.